Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you all. This is the Business Day Spotlight, your destination for African business made simple. My name is Muriwa Gavaza, and for today, uh, we do get into a conversation um, around uh, the impact of uh, interest rates. I think this is something that we've uh, spoken about uh, on uh, numerous uh, occasions on this platform, uh, especially when we get into the hard economics. And for today, we're looking at it from a different you know, point of view, and we're just going to be talking to to someone who is, uh, you know, in the property, um, you know, type of sector to get an understanding of, you know, what's going on there and then just some of the considerations, you know, from an expert point of view. And to help us, uh, you know, to get that, we are joined by Herschel uh, Javits, who is of uh, Javits Properties. You've probably seen a number of their posters around, uh, you know, if you, especially if you're in the Johannesburg area, um, you know, you've probably seen their, their, their posters around town show houses that type of thing but we're going to be having that conversation Herschel greetings to you today how are you thanks for having me on the show maybe for the three people that have never heard of uh, you know <laughs> uh, Jarvis properties um uh, maybe you could give us some insight. And then I think the second thing for me in, in you describing that, I've always been curious about the pronunciation of that word. Um, you know, I think I get, I think I'm probably saying it wrong sometimes. So maybe you could give us, um, you know, a correction on that end as well. Thanks, Padiba. Well, actually, the good news is you got it spot on. It's pronounced Javits as you pronounce it. Most people uh, say that the J as a as a Yarvit. So you're one of you one of the few uh, interviewers who've who've got it right. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. And uh, I run our family business. It's a business that was founded in in 1969 by my father, uh, who is the chairman of Jarvis Property. Still very involved in the in the business in his 88th year uh, of existence. So. Uh, with a, a really rich and a proud heritage in in South Africa, the business was initially established in in Johannesburg, uh, but we have roughly 45 offices around the the country, and uh, we specialise in in residential property, which is sales, rentals, property management, uh, home loans through a, a mortgage origination company, Uber, and we also franchise our business. So some of our offices around the country are owned. And uh, most of our offices around the country are franchised and, and owned by by entrepreneurs and independent operators. And that's essentially the business. It certainly, uh, you know, certainly sounds like uh, like a great business. And uh, like I said, um, it's one of those where, you know, if you are, I look at a lot of uh, properties on my side, a lot of houses, a lot of listings. And, uh, you know, Jarvis tends to be one of those that you that you see quite often. Uh, but I think what's more impressive is the fact that uh, as a family business, you guys have been able to be around for, you know, for so long. Now, getting into the interest rate uh, discussion, Herschel, most of the time we understand from a theoretical point of view that um, your interest rates are basically the, 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 the rate at which um, living costs are rising, right? Uh, that's, you know, basic definition, you know, if we're going to take it to Economics 101. 
But in your world, when you think of interest rates, what are the what are the metrics or what are the things that that um, affect your world when it comes to to interest rates? So when it comes to interest rates, there's generally sort of a direct relationship between the state of the, the residential market being supply from sellers and demand from buyers on based on you know what what level of interest rates there are. So generally speaking, the higher the interest rates are, the the worse it is for sellers in terms of being able to get better value for their homes that they are selling. And uh, the more beneficial it is for buyers in terms of being able to buy properties at better value than if we were in a low interest rate environment. So generally, the higher the interest rates, potentially the the softer the the residential market from a price point of view. But as you know, the saying one man's meat, I think, is another man's poison. So high interest rates are generally better for buyers. Lower interest rates are generally better for sellers from a value point of view. And I'm guessing that this is why uh, some people characterize the last maybe two to three years, especially as COVID, uh, you know, did what it did to the economy as a as a buyer's market. Uh, Is that, you know, in simple terms, is that what we understand by a buyer's market that in an in an environment, you know, where there's uh, higher interest rates, you tend to favor, um, you know, the buyer tends to be in 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 a somewhat stronger position? So, yes, typically so. But interestingly, what what we saw post-COVID, as we came out of that uh, hard lockdown and in an an effort to stimulate the economy, not only the the, the property market, but across the the economy, our Reserve Bank, as did most Reserve Banks around the world, dropped interest rates to record lows. The South African uh, prime lending rate, that's generally the rate at which home buyers can borrow from the bank, uh, dropped from 10% pre-COVID down to 7% post-lockdown uh, in, a, in a matter of months. And what we saw coming out of that hard lockdown was this really big surge in demand, and especially from first-time buyers. So we saw a lot of people who were renting, uh, discovering that at, at 7%, the rate at which they could borrow, and in fact, some people are able to borrow at rates below prime, so maybe even 6.5% a couple of years ago, that their mortgage repayments were were less than what they were renting. And so we saw this surge in buying activity, especially first-time buyers, and uh, in fact, across the, the market. So for the, for the first sort of year post-COVID lockdown, we actually saw a, a very strong increase in market activity, it didn't necessarily translate into into um, significant rises in prices, but we saw a strong surge in demand, lots of increases in activity. But then as we saw inflation starting to, to surge for all of the reasons we know, wars in Eastern Europe, fuel prices, some of the some of the issues relate specifically to South Africa, electricity prices, as we saw interest rates going up to try and curb inflation. So we've seen demand slowing down, not only from first-time buyers, but across the market. And so generally, when we talk about a seller's market or a buyer's market, and let's talk about, for example, specifically Joburg, what we have in Joburg at the moment is, is a surplus of properties for sale. So supply greater than demand. And like in any market, whether it be houses, cars, or anything, the moment supply is greater than demand, 
you have a softening of prices. And that's what we're certainly experiencing in Joburg. But there are other parts of the country, like in the Western Cape, for example, where demand relative to supply has held up. And so prices haven't really softened at all. It's very interesting uh, market dynamics to think about, uh, Herschel, and especially given everything that you're saying. Um, the fact that you had all this demand that came in and then it started to soften a little bit and then uh, the surplus dynamic um, that you're describing. And I want to explore that surplus a little bit um, just now. But before that, I'm going to ask you what is probably a very philosophical question uh, because uh, my generation, the so-called millennials, uh we we grapple with uh, the you know the two sides of the property debate um i've got uh, i've got mates who say that uh, you know i'm quite comfortable you know to rent for the rest of my life as long as the place is um the place is uh, affordable it's within my my costs some people have these formulas that they have you know as long as my rent is a quarter of uh, my earnings every month or a fifth or whatever it is, then I'm comfortable to just continue in that way. Whereas others are staunch about ownership, that I must own my own piece of land, my where my, my roof over my head, that must be mine. Um, maybe you could help us, uh, you know, to understand at the moment, uh, is it better to be renting or is it better to be owning property right now? I, I guess... It's a nice way for us, you know, to 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 help to contextualize, um, you know, what what interest rates actually mean right now for uh, the everyday person, because the millennials right now are that generation that quote unquote has the, you know, those are the young professionals, the people that have the buying power, all of that. Yeah, listen, it's it's a it's a very interesting question. So maybe just to start with some of the harder uh, objective views is that currently interest rates are sitting at 11.75%, which is the prime lending rate. Uh, Many buyers who buy are able to lend at rates below prime. So let's assume you apply for a a home loan and the bank grants your home loan at 0.25 or half a percent less than prime, you're borrowing at 11.5 or maybe 11.25%. And at these levels of interest rates, it it might well be cheaper for you from a monthly cash flow point of view to rent the same two bed, two bathroom or one bed, one bathroom apartment versus having to buy it at the current level of interest rates. So even though you may be able to buy the property at a slightly cheaper price, because technically it is a buyer's market, your monthly repayments are probably going to be higher than they, than, than they were because interest rates have gone up from 7 to 11.75% over the last 20 months to two years. So there is definitely in the current market an opportunity to rent a property in certain parts of the, the, the country for cheaper than what you would be repaying on a monthly basis. I think that that's the first point, and that is also city-specific. So certainly in Joburg, those opportunities exist, less so in, in, in cities like Cape Town. With regard to property as an investment, um, you know, there, there are probably two parts to that. The one is a financial investment, and the second part is an investment in planting roots, 
a roof over your your head and maybe just to expand the the, the philosophical conversation just about being part of a, a community and you know i think in south africa we're only too aware of of what's happened in in communities where you know historically land ownership was was prevented because of apartheid what it has done to the, the social cohesion and fabric of families and and communities and so um from a from a, a social from a, a community from building up a a strong and uh, sustainable middle class in let's talk about south africa specifically you know i think home ownership and planting roots and investing yourself in in a community plays a a very 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 important role socially uh, um, geographically um, and so on, on that point you know I, I feel very strongly about about the concept of home ownership from a financial point of view and from an investment point of view the, the facts are that over the last 10 years or so specifically in south africa and once again not not across the board but let's maybe talk joburg property has has proven to be a a very weak uh, investment and in the current market we're seeing potential sellers who may have bought their property five years ago maybe even extending to 10 years ago virtually unable to get their their purchase price back because there just hasn't been enough growth in in property prices for a, a whole host of, of of different reasons so my my broad answer to that and to the millennials is that you know financially buying property you have to take a long-term view you cannot be buying a property today and thinking well if i need to sell it in two years time or three years time i'll sell it and get my money back because I want to semigrate or I want to move to another part of the country or possibly emigrate. If you buy your property today, even at the current price levels, good chance if you have to sell it in two to three years time, you're not gonna get your money back. So the, the financial aspect of it, I think is very, very, very important. And then on the, the more ph philosophical side, there is, there is no doubt that a community, a country, a city where, where home ownership um, or where the percentage of people who live own rather than rent, I think it does add to the, the social cohesion and, and fabric of, of the community, the suburb or the city and the country by implication. No, thank you so much for that, Herschel. And I think, um, you know, with everything that you were saying, uh, I like the aspect of social cohesion um, you know, just that ability for someone to actually plant their flag. Um, I'll put my cards on the table and say that, um, you know, on my side, uh, I'm on the side of property ownership as opposed to um, as opposed to renting. But I will say that, uh, you know, maybe it's a I don't know whether that's a feeling or whether that's the reality, but it certainly does feel like the generation before that us, at least our parents' generation, um, was able to get into home ownership. Can I call it easier? Um, I don't know if I don't know if that's a that's a that's a that's a that's a correct way to characterize uh, because obviously there were there were there were there was market volatility of its own you know back in those days you know compared to you know where we are where we are today 
Yeah, I, I think so. So I, I think, you know, um, the, the issue of owning property, whether it be land or land with a house on it, um, I think, you know, what we've traditionally seen in South Africa is concepts around, you know, property is, is, is generational. So it, it's handed down from generation to, to generation. I think what we've also seen is potentially a maturing around, um, you know, where to spend your, your money. So, um, you know, fast cars and, and expensive suits look good. Um, but the moment you walk out the shop or the moment you walk off the, the, the showroom floor, the, the value of those purchases only go one way and that's south. And so, you know, property has, has been seen as something that creates an asset. So the price may go up and generally over long term it, it does go up. But what you end up with property over a long period of time is you end up with an asset that's paid off and an asset that then has value and an asset that potentially allows you to borrow against the value of your home if it's paid off to buy a second property and a lot of people use that kind of thinking to create their retirement so they have a home that's paid off they maybe have a second property that's earning rent and that has a value to it so i, I i'm not necessarily sure it's it's been easier I mean, when I when I came into um, the the this into the family business in the late 90s, interest rates were sitting at 23 or, and 23 or 24 percent. So if you think about, you know, what your mortgage repayment is today, you know, just double that and think about, you know, the the volatility in 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 markets. Think about the financial crisis in 2008 or nine. So I think, you know, all markets, including property markets, go in in cycles, but. With, when you get into the property market, you're able to borrow to invest in that asset, which I certainly wouldn't recommend if you were buying shares, as an example. And it, and it does create a long-term asset that has value and hopefully increasing value. All right. Now, before we uh, uh, land this discussion, Herschel, I think two points, and I think they will help to maybe round everything up together. The first one being, um, you know, you and I have just gone, you know, quite into the weeds about home ownership versus rentals. And this is big in terms of how people are thinking, you know. It's one thing to think about interest rates um, in a vacuum, but when you think about them in reality within context of, you know, people making those real-world decisions of where do I actually put my money, um, one of the discussions um, you know, that's out there and you spoke about it earlier on is that there's now a surplus of property. Now, I'm wondering, you know, because I'm not a property expert, so you have to let us know, is this uh, in any way related to interest rates? Is this more an issue of some of the trends that we've seen? I think you alluded to issues around uh, semigration, immigration, uh, emigration, and you know people uh, people choosing to live in different areas. That type of thing is that the reason why we are seeing you know such a surplus of properties, at least in Joburg. Because I think I once saw a stat that said that around 200,000 people move into Johannesburg every single year. So with that and also seeing the number of developments around the city, um, I just wondered the property developers are not dumb. <laughs> uh, they must, yeah. be, they must yeah. be seeing something. 
Yeah, I mean, they're certainly not not dumb. I mean, the challenge with uh, the developers and especially some of the really large sectional title developments we're seeing is that your, your lead time to buy the land, uh, zone the land, uh, and bring them to market is, is incredibly long. So it's quite difficult to time the market and sometimes you're bringing those developments into the market at at times which are, are not as good as they could be um, but certainly in in the long term once again residential property by most accounts is, is a is a a, a long-term place so i think that's the first thing i think that um you know in terms of immigration semigration i i think that, that there is no doubt that the city of Johannesburg, and I've been quite vocal about it when, when the, the latest valuation rolls came out a few months ago, that the the, the Joburg residential property market and property owners are, are paying a price for the maladministration of the city, whether it be in terms of infrastructure, whether it be in terms of crime, whether it be in terms of the level of services we're, we're receiving for what we're paying, there is no doubt that the the political shenanigans and the and the merry-go-round of mayors we've had, and the the impact on on service delivery in the city of Johannesburg is being felt in residential property values. And you look further south down to Cape Town, and and there are parts of the Western Cape uh, where infrastructure is a problem and people are still living in in shanties. But generally speaking, they are seeing the benefit of a city and a province which broadly speaking, is is being run significantly better than Johannesburg. And you look to KZN, where they're having their own challenges around infrastructure and leadership to understand, once again, how that impacts on, on property values. So I think that, you know, what impacts the, the residential market is a, is a whole host of factors. You mentioned uh, people coming into Gauteng, it, it still remains the, the economic and financial hub. It accounts for, I think, a third of, of our gross domestic product. But I'm not sure that the economic value of those moving into Gauteng in terms of being able to enter the residential property market, as an example, equates to the value of those leaving the province of Gauteng. And so, you know, we may be getting more people in but I'm not sure certainly yet that they're bringing the same level of, of economic impact and value that may well change over time. But at the moment, it's certainly putting a, a, a damper on property prices. But once again, Madiwe, um, it, it does. If, if you're able to take a long-term view and you're committed to living in Johannesburg, as an example, the opportunity to buy at excellent value in the current market, not bargains, but buy at excellent value, um, is is really good. Very interesting market dynamics to look at and to consider. And I can I hadn't thought about that aspect that you said around the people that are leaving versus those that are coming in. And I guess the value, the buying power, the economic, um, I guess, impact of you know who's contributing more versus um, you know who's contributing less. You know in the current environment that's certainly an interesting dynamic and also service delivery i can certainly attest that in the area that i stay in in johannesburg that water electricity faults not load shedding faults <laughs> you know tend to be you know quite a quite a big issue and 
um i can i i i could see myself deciding to move somewhere else if i could get a better deal um when it comes to better provision on those uh, on those fronts so uh certainly there with you now um to end off herschel um one of the things that we speak about quite a bit on this platform and we've spoken to a number of uh, fund managers um when we talk to asset managers and the like um they tend to talk about um emotion you know the emotion that is attached to making certain purchasing decisions certain investing decisions and i was hoping that maybe you could give us some insight into i guess the emotional factor that comes into play when people are making their property buying and or renting and investing decisions at the moment simply because i think you mentioned just now that over the last couple of years property has proven to be a weak investment um yet the logic tells you that for any investment you must really be looking into the long term um you know how do you uh, what's the word i'm looking for how do you keep yourself sane um in an environment where you know, you 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 feel like you're probably losing out or you want to run out of the market or come into the market and, you know, keep yourself steady from that point of view. Yeah, so Madhu, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a good question um, in terms of, you know, what do you think about when you're investing in, in, in property? And depending on if you're buying for your family, if you're buying as an investment, if you're deciding to rent, I think if you're deciding to rent, it's fairly easy. You know, maybe you're, you're a millennial, uh, number one, two, just it's around cash flow. So it's cheaper to rent now than to buy. Or potentially three, you want to keep yourself mobile. So you, you're, in, you're in Johannesburg for now, but you have plans potentially to move to another city or, or another part of, of uh, uh, Johannesburg. So you want to stay mobile. Perhaps your career is just starting. You know, all of those reasons kind of tick the, the, the rental box. From an investment point of view, so if you if you have the privilege, if you're in a situation where you're going to buy a property that you're going to rent out, <clears throat> excuse me, and get a, a return on that property, once again, I, I think it's a far more objective decision that shouldn't really be based on emotion. So, for example, one, one the advice that I give is, is that if you're buying a property, let's assume a townhouse or an apartment in a in a in a complex that you're going to rent out, don't base the decision on whether you would live in that apartment because you're not the one that's going to live there. And renters are generally a lot less fussy. Renting is not an emotional decision if you're going to rent a property. You want a roof over your head. You want it to be near work or near where your friends are. And you want the best deal possible. And you want it to be secure and maybe one or two other things. So if you're buying to invest, don't make it an emotional decision by saying, well, I wouldn't live in a place like this and the rooms are to this and the rooms are to this. Renters are not as fussy as, as people who are buying a home to live in. So do your homework and find out what you could possibly rent that property out for. So for example, would the rent cover your mortgage repayment or would the rent cover your, your home loan repayment plus the levies that you would have to pay or the rates and taxes that you'd have to pay on that investment. So make a smart financial decision. Smart financial decisions aren't based on whether you would live in that property. And then I think if, you, if you're if you buying for your family and you're 
starting out a family and your kids are on the way or, you, or, you've, or you've got kids, I think there, there is an element of emotion in it because you need to come home to property that you, you love, that you, you're going to be able to raise a family in, that you're going to feel safe and relatively secure in. So, you know, there's an obvious emotional attachment into that house. But once again, there are a few adages when you're looking to buy is, is around position. So do you, do you buy the nicest house in the worst position or do you buy a house that's not fantastic but in a, in a better position? Probably the, the, the latter. So position does count in, in property. Um, so, you know, those are the sorts of things that you, you, you have to look at. But certainly when you're renting, certainly when you're buying to invest, try as best as you can to keep emotion out of it. When you're buying to live in, from a family point of view, hard not, there needs to be an emotional attachment into that property, but don't let it skew your, your, the, the financial part of it, which is around, can I afford the repayments? Do I take into account that, I, you know, there's rates and taxes? If you're buying a house, there are always maintenance related issues. So it does, it still does require some level of good financial planning attached to the emotion of, of, of owning a home. So that's where we end off. Um, you know, it's been a fascinating discussion um, with uh, Herschel Jowitz, just understanding some of the dynamics in the property market and especially the impact of interest rates. Uh, one of the things that uh, Herschel you know, was saying that stuck out to me is the fact that um, usually um, in, an, in, a, in a high interest rate environment, you tend to, uh, buyers tend to be, you know, at an advantage where sellers tend to not be. And then he talked us through um, how some of those dynamics worked, um, you know, through the COVID period and how places like Johannesburg find themselves um, with a surplus of properties, um, you know, on the market. Uh, you know, obviously interest rates is one thing, but he also uh, characterized uh, the rest of the market, service delivery, um, you know, trends around work from home, semigration, immigration, all of these different things all working um, to affect the uh, the macro picture um, around property. And then ending off, uh, you know, talking, you know, quite a bit um, around, uh, you know, the philosophical debate of, uh, you know, whether to whether to rent or to own, um, you know, your property. And it was a very interesting, uh, you know, take, uh, you know, to say that um, I, on the spectrum of properties, uh, you know, part of the advice is to say that if you're going to be renting or investing, then, you know, little to no emotion. Uh, but if you're going to be buying the property, then, you know, there, there does need to be a little bit of an emotional attachment because, you know, we now start talking about, you know, your family, the way they're going to grow up. Uh, he spoke quite a bit about, you know, community, social cohesion earlier on and all of those factors. So very fascinating discussion and we look forward uh, to engaging with her again in future Herschel thank you so much for being with us today yeah appreciate it thanks for having me Diva. And that's been it for this edition of the Business Day Spotlight. Remember that you can find our latest podcast on Business Live. That's under the podcast Business Day Spotlight tab on Twitter. We're hashtag BD Spotlight. And remember that you can review and subscribe for free on iono.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, 
Pocket Cast or wherever you choose to get your pods casted. I've been Mudio Gavaza of the Business Day and Financial Mail, and this has been another edition of the Business Day Spotlight, which is a multimedia live production. So, for myself and the rest of the team, it is good evening, good afternoon, and good morning.